0: Where I'm supposed to be. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here, back, forward. Well, I just want to say, hey, how y'all doing? Um, It's good to be here. Like I said a minute ago, um, my wife and I, we've been helping out with focus for quite a while now. So I've been missing out on the Wednesday night services. And uh, who knew the next opportunity I'd have to be in here was a night like tonight? (laughs) I want to um, send a message from our pastor to the church family saying he is terribly sorry that he's not here tonight. He was. Full intended on being here, um, but with family health issues going on, Miss, uh, Miss Robin's dad. Uh, he asked that you be praying. It's uh, it's pretty serious. So, y'all be praying for him, be praying for Miss Robin, be praying for the whole family. And um, like I said, he had full intentions on being here, but you know, as a as a pastor, a preacher, a minister, in any kind of way, form, um, we're husbands first, you know, and uh, he needs to be there for his for his wife and for the family. And so he asked me um, around 5.30 if I would be willing and able to, to come in here tonight and share a little bit of God's word with you tonight. So that's what I intend to do. I, I don't have a whole lot. you know. I don't have a whole lot of notes. I don't have a whole lot that God laid on my heart. Um, it's crazy. Some messages, I can have four or five pages, you know, and some messages just a little bit here and there. But something um, before I ever knew I was going to be here tonight that God just kind of was already tugging at my heartstrings about just, while I'm on my lunch break, I'm, I'm reading a little bit of God's Word at work, and, and he just kind of pulled my heartstrings about something that we talk about a lot, you know. And I'll go ahead and throw it out there. It's, about the, it's really about the thief on the cross. I'm not talking about Nick Morris. I'm, he's my, my best bud, one of my best buds. But the thief on the cross and um, what took place in those, those few hours. And uh, what does it mean? What does it mean about our gospel? What does it mean about God's Word, God's plan, you know, God's power to save? Um, to the uttermost. Um, But before we get started tonight, I can tell you, we'll be in in Luke. We'll be in Luke chapter 23, uh, probably starting in around verse 33, but I may jump around. Um, To be honest with you tonight, I'm just asking God to to speak through me, speak to me, teach me as I'm trying my best to teach a little something that that I think God showed me. And and I want to open up in a word of prayer, if that's okay. We'll pray for for Pastor Donald, pray for the family, Um, but I ask you guys to pray for me. I got my wife praying, uh, she's out with the Focus Teens, and um, I got a few buddies praying. So let's let's open up in a word of prayer if that's all right with y'all. Father God, I, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to to be in this in this place, Lord. To be in this house of worship, God. I, I thank you for brother Greg and and Philip and the staff that they work so diligently to to get prepared and to to be ready in a moment's notice and to be ready every week, week after week. God, without them those diligent, hard-working servants of you, Lord, we, we really wouldn't have what we have at Faith Baptist Church. So I want to, I want to thank you for those men and women that are sometimes even behind the scenes, working to help make sure that, that we have a good, healthy, and clean place to worship. Father, I thank you for your holy word. I ask you, God, to, to set me aside any of my, my own pride or arrogance or selfish motives or anything of my flesh. God, just set all that aside, God, and just. Speak through me tonight, something that somebody needs to hear in this room. Lord, you, you foreknew this day was coming. God, you knew that this opportunity was going to be presented before me. And God, you knew each and every soul that was in this building. You, you knew them before, who was going to be here and who wasn't going to be here. So God, I just pray that you use me tonight to, to encourage, to edify, to uplift your people. And God, to glorify you above all things, to give you glory, to give your son Jesus Christ glory, our Lord and our Savior. And all these things I ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. So as I, as I mentioned, uh, here tonight, I wanted to look at, at the cross. I wanted to look at that, those last few hours before Jesus gave up the ghost and uh, what transpired in those, those few hours. It's not very many verses that I wanted to read, that I wanted to share, but just a few points um, to go along with those verses. In Luke chapter 23, verse number 33, I'll start reading there. A little backstory: We all know what's coming. We all know that they, they led Jesus and those criminals, those two, the, the thief and the murderer, they led them out of the city to go to be crucified for crimes. They were accused and even found guilty, even though we know Jesus himself wasn't a guilty party. He was the only one innocent. Um, but as the scripture reads in verse 33, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, I couldn't help but underline Calvary. It's such a powerful such a powerful, um, powerful word that has so much sim- symbolic meaning and hope for us. In that place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, those bad guys, the malefactors, the, the one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him. They insulted, they derided, insulted. Maybe some of you might already know these words. If I, if I break them down, I'm sorry. I'm used to teaching youth a lot of times, <laughs> including my own children. So please forgive me if I, if I dumb, dumb something down too much uh, in my own way of uh, teaching. Forgive me. Um, but they derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription was also written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And the one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him. Again, that's another assault, a verbal assault, abusive language. Uh, like being cussed out today, this, this, this criminal who's receiving his punishment is, is, is railing on our Lord saying again, if, there's that if word again, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other, the other, this is the one we were talking about tonight, the other answering rebuked him. He rebuked the other thief, the other criminal, the other murderer, saying, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art, all, art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly? For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. This scripture has probably been taught by many more eloquent, articulate, gifted teachers than myself, I'm sure. And they've probably broken it down in so many ways. But today, as I'm reading as, I, as I'm thinking, as I'm pondering, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I even had the, I even had to share it with some of my coworkers. Just like, like I was just thinking. I mean, tears are coming to my eyes, and I'm trying to do my job. I work in a plant. I work in a carpet plant. That's why normally I would try to be a little cleaner, a little bit more. I just went home real quick, throwing some clothes, and I got here as soon as I could. So please forgive me the jeans, and if I'm dirty or smelly, or I'll try not to give hugs if that helps. But. Um, even while I'm at work, after I got done reading, I just couldn't help but share it with somebody. And, you know, for some reason, it didn't hit the same for them as it did for me. It just, my eyes were welling with tears as I read these words, as I, as I thought about that, that thief, and as I thought about when he got to heaven. I thought about when he got to heaven and, and how that must have looked. Um, but I shared it, and, the, you know, the coworkers, they were like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's crazy, ain't it? That's crazy. But it really just meant something to me, you know, because sometimes I struggle I struggle with my family, I struggle with my friends, I struggle with life in general, I struggle with myself. You know, Crowder sings a song, and I think in, in the song, he, he says we, we make it so, so difficult, but we'll, we'll laugh when we find out how, e- how easy it was. And, you know, I'm, I'm not all about preaching easy believism, leaving out repentance, leaving out, leaving out faith that produces works, or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not going that route, but I'm just saying, this thief, can you imagine when he got to, when he got to heaven? Can you imagine the other... Saints that have gone before him. and they're like, maybe they're all just asking questions. So, so what did you do? How, what did you do for our Lord? You know, you want to talk about, you know, the preaching, the teaching. How many souls did you win? Were you were you given to the poor? And no, I, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I won a single soul. At least that's what he thought. And you know, maybe we'll talk about that again in just a minute. But no, no, no souls won for me. Um, well, did you preach a many a messages? Did you go into the synagogue? Did you? Did you pay your tribute, you know, as we all do? You go in and you pay the tribute in the temple. You know, were, were you, were you a, good, a good Christian? Were you a good follower of Christ, a good follower of the, of the customs at least? No, I didn't, I didn't even get to do any of that stuff. I, I never even stepped foot in the synagogue, for all we know. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But I'm just kind of elaborating on what we do have. Then how did you come? How did you get here? We sing the song in the choir and during the Easter play by the way of the cross. By the way of the cross. And I can imagine. And this is the part that got me. And I'm probably borrowing. I'm I'm actually sure I'm borrowing this particular verse or um, this quote from another preacher, but it means the same either way. And if you've never heard it before, carry it in your pocket. But this thief, this guilty criminal, he said it himself, right? He said that we're receiving... That we are, What does it say? He says that we're indeed justly, indeed justly receiving our due reward for our deeds. He was guilty. It wasn't like he, he got caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time or, oh, no, I, I just so happened to be going a little over the speed limit. This man was guilty, hardened criminal. You, you, don't, get, you don't get crucified for your first offense, I don't think. This guy was a bad dude. You know, kind of like we talk about Barabbas a lot. Barabbas was an, an insurrectionist. He murdered somebody right in front of their family. But this guy... They say, how did you come? How did you get here? He says, you know what? I'm just as surprised as you are But the man, the man on the middle cross said I could come. That's all it took. He called him Lord. He looked at Christ in his deepest, darkest place. As the scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In his last few moments, in his last few hours, he also defended Christ Guess what? I'm guilty of not doing that quite enough. I'm guilty of looking the other way. This man, he wasn't going to waste his last few minutes he had. He wasn't going to waste the last hours or the last breath he had. He looked at that other criminal. As the criminal to the left of Christ, it says that he railed on him. I can't even imagine the things he was saying other than just just what is quoted here. If thou be the Christ. There's that if. The religious rulers, the, the chief priests, they said if. If you be Jesus, the Christ, if you be the Son of God, if you be the King of the Jews, they're saying, if. There's a difference here with this man. This man, he didn't say, if. He said, Lord. There's no if there. That's a 100%. You are my Lord. You are the Lord I'm looking to. You are the one that we've waited for. He may have not had it right the first 20, 30, 40 years of his life. I don't know how old the guy was. But in those last dying breaths, he looked to Christ. You know, as I said, I get it wrong a lot. I I look for fruit a lot. And I I think some of it's the way I was taught. The way we are taught is, you know, we got to be fruit inspectors, right? Everybody says, especially from the older generation, you'll know them by the fruits that they bear. You'll know them by the fruits they bear. And that's biblical. That is biblical. That's scriptural. But maybe sometimes I don't give people the time they need. Maybe sometimes... I don't know. Maybe I give up praying a little too early. There, there are several people that I, that I've worked with in the past, and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed, and then one day I remember I just, I don't, I don't know what the day was. I just stopped praying. I just kind of I, I moved on to a new prayer request. Maybe I'm the only heathen in this house that has done that before, but I kind of feel like it's just kind of part of our human condition. We pray and we pray and we pray, and then sometimes we just say, well, I guess God's. God's going to deal with them another way. God's going to send another preacher. God's going to send another messenger. But this man on the cross, this, this man who stood or who hung to the right of Jesus, he called him Lord, that's for sure. He accepted the lordship. And that's something that in salvation, no matter if you're six years old or if you're 60 years old, it happens, lordship is necessary. And I think a lot of times we do leave that out as a church, as the evangelical church, which is, you know, we evangelize. We go out and we witness. The evangelical church, we we talk a lot about the belief, but we don't talk as much about the lordship. If Christ is Lord, what does that mean? What do you think that man would have done if he could have got off that cross? He's calling him Lord. He's looking to him as his only hope. I believe if he could have got off that cross, if the miracle he was probably praying for under his breath had happened... I believe he would have served Christ with everything he had. He would have been like that demoniac. You know, I look to Javier because he, he played the demoniac for quite a few years there, but, you know, I look, uh, or at least a, a few years here. Um, anyways, I look to Javier because that's fresh on my mind, what I remember right here on the stage, you know. Um, it says that after, after that demoniac was freed from those demons and the chains were broken, that he wanted to go with Christ. He said, let me go with you. Let me, let me follow along with you. He says, whatever I got going on here, I'm done. I'm going where you're going. I'm following with your disciples. And Jesus told him, go and tell everybody what I've done for you. And he did. And that was that's you know, just a great example of how quickly, the demoniac, how quickly you can go from someone possessed with the demons, someone living in wickedness, someone who's a murderer or a thief, at the point of salvation. It's all brand new. The slate's clean wiped away. The blood has washed you white as snow. So I wanted to definitely hit on that point that he called him Lord and he said Jesus, he said unto Jesus, Lord remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He realized the kingdom was coming. He realized this was the prophesied Messiah. Messiah meaning anointed king. This was the one that had been foretold for generation after generation after generation. Did he miss it before the point of death? I think so, yeah. Otherwise, maybe he wouldn't have wind up in the situation he was in. But in those last few minutes, in those last dying breaths, he realized, this is all I got. And I'm putting it all in. When you come into your kingdom, remember me. That's all he was expecting. I think that's all he was expecting. Like I said a minute ago, I think when he got to heaven, he was probably just as surprised as everybody else. Dude, I, I don't know. I, I, one minute... I'm on the cross. The next minute Jesus said I'm going to be I'm going to be with him in paradise. Maybe this is such a simple message that it just I don't know maybe Pastor Donald said you guys have been in some deep study going through um you know verse by verse study and I love that to death. It's been a while since I've gotten some of that, but this today, tonight, it's just really short and simple and sweet. What are you going to do with Jesus? You know, I I trust, I kind of trust, you know, I, I know most of your faces, I know most of your families, I know, I know who you are, I know your family of, of faith and family of Christ is to the best of my knowledge, but you know, what are you going to do with Christ? There's two opportunities presented. Do you think Jesus would have denied the other thief, the other murderer, the other malfactor? you think he would have denied him the same salvation? I don't think he would have. They both had equal opportunity, and I think we have equal opportunity each and every day. We have opportunity with every minute of every day. A pastor quoted earlier in the week, I think, how many seconds we have in a day. That's that's a lot of seconds. But what are you going to do with Jesus? This thief, this, this guilty man, he defended him. He rebuked the other man. I don't remember the last time I rebuked somebody that wasn't like my kid, you know. But this man did. He defended the name of Christ. He defended the honor of Christ in those last few minutes, those last few hours. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. There was no maybe. There was no maybe hope so. And I say that because a lot of religions today, they have that hope so faith. I could name quite a few, but I don't want to go through and just throw any, anybody under the bus, but there are several that would, that would tell you, I hope I'm going to heaven. I hope I'm covered. I hope I've done enough good. I hope I've, I've earned my way somehow. There are several world religions today, some of them even under the label Christian, that would tell you they hope they're going. They hope they've witnessed enough hours. They hope they've done enough work. They hope they've passed out enough pamphlets. The Bible doesn't teach that. Jesus told this guilty man who had simply acknowledged his sin. He acknowledged his guilt. He said, we indeed are justly getting our punishment. So he was confessing his guilt. He acknowledged Christ was Lord. He said, remember me. I trust that if you remember me, I trust that if you you got it all worked out, the trust was there. He wasn't looking to those priests that were mocking and railing. He wasn't looking to the Roman Caesar, the government. He looked to Christ. He may have had nothing else. They may have been at that last point. But I just, I couldn't get over that today. You know, you you guys are a quiet crowd. Teenagers usually, you got to pipe them down a few times, but y'all are a quiet crowd. Have y'all gotten over it? Have you gotten over the cross? Has anybody gotten over it? Do you ever just think about it? you ever just think about heaven? I found myself doing that today. And like a, I guess like a, like a baby boy, I was just weeping. Good thing nobody works with me in that area because I just, I just cried a little bit. As I came around the machine, I had to kind of do this number real quick and just wipe the tear away. As I said in the beginning, I, I think sometimes I, I make it hard. I make it difficult. I make it, Maybe like Philip or uh, Greg said, the microwave, microwave generation, I want to see results now. This person got saved last week. I want to see him in the Sunday school next week. I'm guilty and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to God. I'm sorry when I hold high expectations for my family and for my friends. You know, every man is to work out his own salvation. But the key, the key, it's right here. It's that simple, you know? I, I, still, I still am not for the easy believism. As long as you say this prayer and be sure you mean it, I, I'm not going to preach that because there's got to be a genuine regeneration. It takes a miracle, and only God can do miracles. I do believe you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. I do believe everything this book holds. So there's a, it's a tough battle between the easy believism and the easiness of this thief on the cross. I don't know where you're at today. Um, I don't know where you're at in your your family, your friends, your witnessing opportunities, your job. I I don't know what presents itself to you on a regular basis. I know, hey, Javi, me and you, we talked just the other day with Alex about some, some things that present themselves, and sometimes they're hard. When God nudges us to do things, say things, this, this thief didn't, he didn't really hesitate when he defended the name of Christ. But we want to be politically correct. <clears throat> we want to make sure we don't offend them so that they'll come back, right? We don't want to say the hard sayings on a Sunday morning because, hey, those people aren't in church every day. You know, but there are some hard teachings in this book. There are some deep, there are some deep parables, scriptures. There, there are some things that have some study for them, you know. But, but at the same time, the gospel. The gospel is as simple as this thief on the cross. I, I got an opportunity this past Sunday morning to teach Sunday school, so I kind of thought maybe some of the things would kind of come up here and there that I taught then. But you realize the hero... Died for the villain. I don't know of another story where the hero died for the villain. Usually the villain gets taken off to jail, you know, but our gospel, our good news, is that we are the criminals, but the hero died for us. And I know as a Wednesday night crowd, those that are here every week, week after week, deep study, verse by verse study, as I mentioned earlier, this may seem like milk. This may seem like milk and simple, simple gospel milk, but what will you do with Christ tomorrow? Will you defend his name like this thief? What will I? I feel more encouraged to now. After pondering on it like this, after looking at what this, after what this thief did. I mean, he's a thief. I'm, I'm a church-going regular everyday, you know, Christian. He's a thief, right? It's like saying, he's Barabbas. Like that's, that's Barabbas. Nobody wants to hang out with Barabbas. He's a bad guy. But this thief defended him. Will we? And, and I mentioned earlier that he, he probably said, no, nah, I don't know if I ever won any souls to Christ. I believe in the, in the couple thousand years that we've had this book printed, I believe he's probably won many souls to Christ. Of all the people other than Christ himself, I has spend ages and ages probably just worshiping just meditating and, and just receiving the glory that we don't even understand now. Just understanding things we don't understand and mm-hmm. and spending time with Him. But I want to meet this thief. I just, I want to be His friend. I want to, I want to recognize Him as my brother. I want to say, Look, man, I was I was not I I was just like you. I was a guilty criminal on death row, looking at looking at hell, looking at hell as my home. But on that night, on that night, December 12th, 2012, I called upon the name of the Lord. Before, criminal, drug dealer, guilty. Gonna receive his due reward, just as this thief said. But the next day, God called me a son. God called me a son. You may run into a criminal tonight. There's a story of a little old lady. I don't say that offensively, but you know it's just a terminology. Just a little old lady driving her car. Guy, guy gets in the passenger side and puts a gun on her. Uh, His gun or knife, one of the two. He's he's holding her and telling her, "Give me money." I think it was a gun. Scary situation. This woman proceeded to tell him no, and she proceeded to give him the gospel. Would we? Would we do what she did? This man started crying. This man put the gun down. This man prayed with the woman in her car where he was going to rob her and then she gave him 10 bucks for gas on the way out. Wow. I'm not quite living up to that expectation yet. I don't quite get it right like that. She has a few more years of wisdom and a few more years of experience but I pray and I hope that God will do with me some amazing things that would be worth talking about like that. We can serve in Judgment Journey. We can serve in He's Alive. we We can preach from a podium but Can we touch lives like that thief? Just recognizing who we are, but then recognizing who he is, who Christ is. I don't have a clock up there or anything, but I know uh, I had a little bit of a time frame there. What will you do with Jesus? I'm just thankful. Thankful. I want to tell people about him. How do you come? That was another little point I wrote down. How do you come? You remember the song, or the maybe it's just a quote, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. I sometimes try to bring things in my hands. I sometimes try to do enough, to be good enough, to lay down enough of those things that we gotta lay down. And those are right behaviors to have. God does expect us to repent, Little by little, we be sanctified more and more to the likeness of His Son, Jesus. But is that what we're hoping for? I hope that out of this crowd, out of this group of folks, that you guys understand nothing in my hands I bring, simply to Thy cross I cling. How do you come? I come by the way of the cross. I come by the way of the cross. When it comes time, I doubt there'll be a question but people always ponder on well well," when they ask you at the gates you know the man on the middle cross said that I could come he opened the floodgates wide you know we think think about Christ you ever ponder about the ark Jesus said I am the door he referenced shepherds now shepherds would you know, there's a, the way shepherds would guard their sheep, they would, they would lay down in the doorway so nobody could come in or nobody could go out. No sheep could go out, nobody could, no sheep could come in. But think about the ark. Moses, I mean, Noah, oh, there we go, Moses. We do that a lot too. But Noah preached for over 100 years that the rain was coming. God's going to judge this earth. God's going to judge those who have refused him. Time and time again, God's going to judge this place. Not only just the place, but he's going to judge the people. His wrath will be poured out on this earth. Noah preached that same message for over a hundred years. Only him and his family. Eight, Eight total people and then all the animals that God sent his way. But one day, the door closed. And no one else could enter into the ark. There was a time the door was wide open. And anybody that wanted to be saved could come in. That's the simplicity of it still. The door is still open. You can be Noah. Maybe Noah's wife in the marketplace just talking. Hey, my my husband, he's been telling everybody, come to the ark, come to the ark. I don't know what what his wife spent her time doing, but imagine she was a preacher's wife. She probably had had some busyness, you know, going and telling and helping as well. But the door is open today. That door may close tomorrow. And the rain will come. And all those who are not in the ark, all those who are not in Christ, they will perish. It's the sad, saddest part of the gospel is that straight is the way, narrow is the gate, and few there be which find it. That doesn't mean we stop trying. What will you do tomorrow? What will you do with Jesus tomorrow? Will you carry him in your pocket and not take him out all day? wear him on a necklace or a little little cross pin, but not take him out all day, because guess what, I'm guilty. Me, I'm guilty. I pray for boldness. I pray for courage. I pray for wisdom on the right words for the right person. And you know what? God's opened those doors a few times in the past few months since I came back to this, this place where I used to work and got new faces, new people. I've held the hands of somebody that, was, that I was praying with and watched as they cried because I believe right before that moment they were, ready, they were ready to self-destruct just as I was not so many years ago. I've had people come up to me with sick family members and say, hey, could you be praying for my brother? Could you pray for my mama? What will you do with Jesus? I don't always do the right thing, but I want to do better. I want to do better tomorrow than I did today. But you know what? The door's open today. If God gives you the opportunity, the blessing, the privilege to wake up tomorrow and you still got a voice, tell somebody about Christ. I'm preaching to myself. There's some tough customers. There really are. But you know what? I'll share this with you too, and then I guess we'll we'll close. You know Ron Black? Everybody know Ron Black? missionary, preacher, lighthouse ministry. You know, he shared something with me the other day when he was bringing a message to Focus. My grandmother, Margaret Bullock, sat right there my whole life. And when she's able to come, she still comes and sits right there, but um, she she works as a sitter and sits 24-7 with someone who's in not such good health. But anyways, in my years when I was 16, 17, 18, 19, Somewhere in those latter teen years, Ron Black would come year after year. He would present what's going on with the lighthouse. He would preach a message. He would encourage people about missions. He said, my, my grandmother would come up to him every single time and say, pray for my grandson. His name's Andrew Barber. Pray for him. He's out there doing God knows what, but God knows who. And he knows the truth. But he just won't come home. It took a miracle, y'all. It took a miracle. And the regeneration, the born again, is something we can't explain. We can't wrap our minds around. But God is the one who does it. I can't regenerate anybody. I can't born somebody again. I'm not even allowed in the delivery room when it comes to that. All I can do is, is tell them who can and give the message of the gospel. But Ron shared that with me right over there in the focus. Uh, chapel, and you know what? It gave me some encouragement to keep on praying, because here I am. <laughs> I came back. Praise God, I came back. And God's given me opportunity to preach, to teach, and to cast a shadow across this stage in the role of Christ. That's not in my whole life, but there's not a day goes by that I don't think about it why me? Like like I preached just the other day, why me, brother? Why me? Why? The answer to that message that I taught them just the other, just this past Sunday morning, why me? Because he loves me. Deuteronomy, it's one of the first times God's mentioned that he loves his people. We hear commandment to love him. We see signs that God loves us. But in Deuteronomy chapter seven is one of the first times, if not the first time, it says he hath chosen you because he loved you and because he's faithful to keep the promises he promised to your forefathers God's big enough I don't know what else God wants me to tell you all tonight when God loves you but you know what he don't love you more than he loves that one that's still about to die on the cross that one that's still about to be cast into hell, one minute away, one second away. I was this, I was that close. You wouldn't be seeing me today, and that's only a work of God. But so was that man on the cross. God loves you. God loves them. Let them know. It's it's difficult. Pray, pray, pray without ceasing for the right words, the wisdom, the encouragement. Sometimes people need the message of this thief on the cross. Sometimes people need a shoulder to cry on. I was telling a young man just the other day as I was taking him home, one of Andy's friends, and I'm trying to get him and his mom to come to church. He's over there uh, in Emerge right now, I think. And I was telling him, you know, even though your mom says that she doesn't go to church because of this, because of that, because she's got this problem, she's got that problem, church should be a hospital. We're come to get medicine. This is a hospital for the broken, the messed up. You know, and people come in here every day. They get their prescription. But How many of y'all have ever had a prescription and you forgot to go get it filled? I'm, am I the only one? Guess what happens if you don't take the medicine? You don't get the benefit of the medicine. You don't get, you don't get better. I told him, I said, talk to your mom. Tell her the church is not a place for perfect people. Not a us for and no more or the frozen chosen or any of that kind of stuff. This is a hospital for the broken, the battered, the bleeding. Those so close to death, you can, you can hear death's footsteps on their, on their back of their feet. Be that church. I'm not your pastor. I'm your friend. I'm your brother. I'm your, I'm your family. But I'm, I'm just, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, as Paul did. Be that church. Go out there and tell somebody about the hospital. Tell somebody medicine's available. This world is getting worse and worse. That's, that's true. The Bible says it will. It will wax worse and worse and worse. But go out there and tell somebody about the medicine. Go out there and tell somebody they ain't got to get it all right before they come to Christ. Come to Christ and He'll help them get it right. I don't think I have nothing else for y'all other than just say I love you. I'm sorry, but. I wasn't prepared with a four or five page outline. Just a short, simple message about when a hero died for the villain. It's the most important message I know. Most important thing anybody's ever told me. But on that note, I guess you can dismiss in prayer. I ask you, please, once again, pray for your pastor. He loves you dearly. He prays for you daily. And he, he said just to tell the church that I had all intention on being there, But right now, right now I need to be here. I need to be with my wife. I need to be with the family. And that's that's the right thing. I need to learn that. Guess what? I need to learn that. Sometimes I'm a yes man. Hope I wasn't a yes man tonight, hopefully. (laughs) I'm a yes man a lot of times. My wife, my kids, they come first. God first, then the wife, then the children, then everything else in, in ministry. But sometimes I get ministry and family out of whack. I love y'all. Let's, uh, let's dismiss in prayer. Y'all been so quiet. Y'all all get a cookie. Phillips has got him back there at the sound booth. Y'all all get a cookie. Dear, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you once again for this opportunity. Father, I pray for our pastor. I pray for Miss Robin. I pray for all the family involved, and I pray for the doctors. God, I pray that you will lighten this, this heavy, heavy heart. God, I pray that you will you'll give healing where healing is needed. God, not only physically, but mentally, spiritually, emotional healing. God, that's what we have right here. and So many people don't realize it. God, people come in week after week and it's just something that they do. It's just the routine. It's just, yeah, that's what we do on Wednesday night. We go to church. But God, I don't want it to be like that anymore. To be honest, God, I'm tired of tradition. I'm really tired of tradition. I just, I just want to be a people you can smile upon. I just want to be a people that are bringing people to you, however they are, however they are when they come, to bring them to you. God, I ask that you'll be with each and every person in this building and on this campus tonight, and even those out at the lake as they travel home, keep us safe, keep us us pure, pure of heart. I know oftentimes it's not five minutes down the road, and Siblings can be arguing, spouses can be arguing and fighting. God, help us to to love our neighbor and begin at the household of faith. Lord, I want to tell you I love you. I thank you for giving me this opportunity, and I pray that every word spoken tonight and every piece of this brief message was glorifying and honoring to you. These are your people, this is your church, and I am just your servant. I thank you, and I love you, and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.